So the scripture reading today, it's a lot longer than I normally like to do. It's, I like short stuff so I can stay in track, on track and stuff. But this is, it's a long one, so bear with me. It's in Luke 24, 13 through 49. It says, <clears throat> Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to the village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was while they conversated and reasoned that Jesus himself <coughs> drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversations is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? The one whose name was... I can't say it again, Michael. Cleopas. Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the one stranger in Jerusalem that have, have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that this was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all things, today is the third day since these things have happened. Yes, and concerning women, certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of an angel who said he is alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. But his, him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow to heart, to believe, in the, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ have suffered these things and to enter in his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and stayed with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open, they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven of those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has approached, appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that they had happened on the road and how he had known to them in the breaking of bread. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. I just want to pray and that you, the words that you want to come out of my mouth, you get them to come out clear, and whatever you want the hearts of the people to hear, you let them hear that. You speak to them through the words that I speak, through your message, and we just love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, We've been, we had Lent before Easter. 
to think about our sins and how we need to repent and look to God for answers. And then last week was Easter. So the whole Easter story, Jesus took our punishment and everything that he did on the cross for us. So I was thinking what goes along with what Michael's been with Lent and Easter and all this. And I was like, well, the 40 days when Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do in those 40 days? And it made me think, I, I was looking up things because, I mean, he did a lot, but there's not really that terrible much written what he did in those days. But I was going over stuff and saw some sermons that people did and I liked them. But this, this scripture really stood out to me. And I kept reading it and thinking on it. I was like, I think this is it. And just everything that it tells about the... It had the two disciples, they're walking, and Jesus, he comes to them, and he teaches them, and he breaks bread with them, and all these different things I was thinking of, and I saw it in two different ways. I see it that there's points in here that line up with a Christian, a born-again person, and then this scripture lines up with getting, being born, like receiving Jesus in your heart. It works the same way. There's, so I was just going to take a few minutes and point out a few things that I thought were for both of those sections. For a believer, what Jesus does for us and what he is doing for us and how these scriptures line up with how we need to look at what Jesus did on the cross and receive him. But the first thing, they couldn't see. Their eyes were restrained. They didn't know who Jesus was. And it happened to Mary in the garden. They just didn't recognize him. And I believe that they didn't recognize him because he was in his spiritual body and their eyes weren't open yet to spiritual things. And the Bible talks of uh, how Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is the only one who can open our eyes to spiritual things. And... 2 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That veil, if, you're, if you've not received Jesus, you have a veil over your face, and you can't see spiritually. You, you can't get, you don't understand. In 1 Corinthians, it, this verse came to mind when I was thinking on this, but where is the wise? Where is the scribes? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. So, the whole message, the whole gospel message, it's foolishness to the world. They're blinded to it. They can't see, they don't understand all the, what Jesus did for us on the cross. It, they're blind to it. The Holy Spirit has to draw us near. Um, but as born-again Christians, that veil is taken off so we can understand he gives us revelation and stuff. He, he gives us, he lets us understand his word. It's there for us to grow on. 
he, he drew near to them when the two disciples were walking down the street. Jesus came to them, and he comes near to us in the same way. He, uh, in John six forty four, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent him drew him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Jesus came to us. He came to the man at the pool when the man was waiting for the water to be stirred up so he could be healed. He wasn't, he wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus came to him, and Jesus showed himself to him. He draws near to us. He, he taught them on the road. He, he opened up the scriptures to them so that they could see everything that had to happen from what the prophets said. It said from Moses and all the prophets, that's where Jesus started. And he showed these two disciples. I think it would have been really neat to know what Jesus said to them. From, from the Old Testament, Jesus took and showed them scriptures of what had to happen. The, he was born of a virgin, and you will call him Emmanuel. He took our transgressions upon him. All the scriptures in the Old Testament, Jesus fulfilled for us. Um, he taught them. And then the one, one of the points I want to really think on is when they got to the city that they were close to, it says that Jesus was going to tarry on. And I told him in the first service, I, I read commentaries and stuff, and there was two different views of how people did it. They said that Jesus was going to tarry or he was going to go on and leave them, like the, the town, he was going to go farther in his way. Or another one said that he was going to tarry with them. He, was going, he wanted to teach them more. And the one commentary, I've got it typed up, and I was going to read it real fast, but it, it has as Jesus wanted to teach them more. It, he wanted to stay more. But it says, It is clear that he came to reveal himself to his disciples, and that was not yet accomplished. So it was the Lord's desire to tarry with them longer, but the Lord only comes by invitation. They could have missed out on the complete blessing that the Lord had for them if they had not invited him in. So this invitation, this, the disciples said, it's getting late, you come in with us. Come, come and join us. And God, he only comes in by invitation in our lives. He doesn't push anything on us. He doesn't make us do anything. We have to invite him in to be born again. And we have a, a, part, a little part to play. He's done the cross. All the sin have been on him. But we have to act by faith. We have to invite him in. It made me the, the verse in Matthew, Ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and to him who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. Just this verse of act like doing. Like we have a little, Jesus paid the price for everybody. And he's done it. But we have to receive it. And we have to invite him in. And he broke bread with them. And when he broke bread, their eyes were open. And we're not having communion today. But we have had it. A lot lately the before Lent we did it for a month or two we took a break and I, I believe we're gonna keep doing it but it just made me think of when we're taking bread when we're doing communion 
Don't take it for granted. Don't just come up here and do it as a routine. When you do it, there's power in the communion. He can teach us. He can open our eyes, and we should expect our eyes to be open when we do that. And then after they had their eyes were open, Jesus vanished, and they went and told people. They went and found the 11 disciples and said, He is risen, and told them what he did. And it made me think of the Samaritan woman in John 4 where Jesus comes to the well and talks to her and tells her all the things. Well, she goes to the town and she tells the people that I've met the Messiah. I've met this person. He told me everything about me. He, he's a prophet. And the people there, they're sort of like, okay, I don't know if you're, whatever, you're crazy. But then Jesus comes and he talks to them and he teaches them. And the people, they say, now we know that he is a prophet, he is a Messiah, because they heard it. And once you hear from God for yourself, no one else can, no one can take that away from you. It's a word from God and it, it goes in your heart and there's nothing that anybody can do to take it away. But he teaches us, and I was really felt like we needed a, an invitation to ask Jesus into our hearts. I went to an Easter play last weekend. Jessica's dad and brother did it at their church. And they did the Easter play, which is, everybody, I mean, most everybody in here knows it, knows the, the story of it. So you sort of just watch it, and you're like, yeah, I know what's coming next, and it comes next, and there's the Easter play, and you're thankful and grateful for everything Jesus did through that play, which was the Easter, I mean, that was past what we knew all happened. But they added a part to the very end of it where they had Jesus at his throne, and they had on one side heaven and one side hell, two little doors. And whether it was accurately scriptural how they did it it wasn't the point of it it was there's a future to come in our life the the easter play that we're all used to seeing that was the that was the past that was then but there's a future part for us and it's heaven or hell and which way are we going and just that made me think of they had some people come forward and they would be like i've been to church every sunday and Jesus said, I, depart, I never knew you. And I, they would say things. They were, it was not graphic, graphic, but it was eye-opening just knowing like, man, there's people that may not know Jesus, people that we expect. And it just made me think I shouldn't assume or it's not my job to assume that everybody has received Jesus for their self, that there's going to be people, we'll be surprised, I hope not, but I think we'll be surprised that people that did not, ask Jesus into their heart and put full faith in him. So I just felt really called to really focus on the affirmation of faith that we say every Sunday. But this story went with it that the people in this world, their eyes are blinded. They can't see God's goodness. And, um, but he draws near to all of us. He's the one that takes... He comes to us. He came to us from heaven. He makes the first step. He did all the sacrifices, but it's our job to respond and welcome him in and say, come in. And that's where the, the sermon title 
came from was coming, and I was telling me in the first service that Ina is like whew, stressful. Like she, you got to have a sermon title, and you got to have your hymns. What sermon title? What hymns? I need them today. And so she couldn't, she couldn't understand my accent to start with, and so we got the uh, hymn down, but she's like, so what's the sermon title? And I was like, I don't know, come in, come in my heart, come in. And she apparently thought I was saying, turn in, I can't remember, but she sent me the copy on the email, and it was wrong, I was like, no, it's come in, but, but we finally got it settled out, and so by Friday, Ina could relax, but we got that, so... But the, the come in and inviting Jesus, he drew near to us, so let's come in and enjoy it. And once you receive him, he teaches you. He teaches us through his word. His word is the only truth that we can stand on and have confidence in. John four seventeen says, Sanctify them with your truth. Your word is truth. Proverbs 35 and 6, Every word of God proves true. He is the shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his word, lest he rebuke you, or you be found a liar. His word is true. What he said is true. This is the truth that we need. Um, so then he, they ask him to come in, and we have to ask him to come in to our lives. It's Jesus, we know what you've done. It's all through you. You are the, you are the reason that we can go to heaven. He's the only way. Um, and once you do this and receive him, then you get, you tell people, and somebody doesn't have to tell you about Jesus. You know who he is because he spoke to you. And then you will go out and you will share it with people. But it just, I just want to look at, on our bulletin, the affirmation of the faith, the, uh, the Apostles' Creed, just look at it. And I know we read it every Sunday, which is good, but I just don't want it to be become a tradition or just something we do because we do it. Just like communion. I don't want it to become a ritual. When, when we do these things, take them to heart and think what we're really doing. When we say this prayer, look at it and think about what you're saying because this is... This is the, well, how, how could you say, the salvation prayer. This, once you put faith in Jesus, I mean, this right here is what you're putting faith in. And so I just want to read it in a second and just, if it's the first time for the invitation that, if this is the first time you've really read it and asked Jesus into your heart, like come and talk to Michael or me or just, let somebody know because it's not our job to assume that everybody that comes to church every Sunday is ask Jesus into their heart their first time. So I just want to, as we read this, if, if God is pushing on your heart that, hey, this is the first time I really believe what I'm reading. I'm not just reading words, but I believe it and I put faith in you. Just let somebody know. But that, that's the sermon. Just come in and invite Jesus in. And he'll teach us all that he needs to.